All right, we'll start this morning in Psalms 100. We've been going through quite a few scriptures this morning, but uh, write these down. They're great scriptures to deal with not only John 10, where we'll be focusing on this morning, but in life in general. This is Psalms 100 is a great um, book to start with in a service because it concentrates our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts on that one that we are worshiping God the Father through Jesus Christ, our precious Savior. Psalms 100 says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name, for the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Then we move on to a Proverbs, which kind of alienates or or aligns us with God in, in, in knowing his power and knowing his righteousness through these very few words in one Proverbs 1 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. In our lives, in our lives today, how does this work out? Do we look to God for each and everything in our lives, or are we the fool in this? Do we look somewhere else for pleasure or for whatever it may be? Or do we use that fear of the Lord and his power and his knowledge and his grace to sustain us in all things? We just praise the Lord for giving us these words and and guiding us through the Holy Spirit, through his word, which is truth, justice, and peace. Precious God, as we enter into your word this morning, as we come before you with humble hearts and minds, let us know you, Father, in that perfect relationship that is through your Son, Jesus Christ, who gave all that we might worship you, that we might know you and have that relationship as sons and daughters in your eternal glorious home forever. Father, we praise you that we can go out into the community and touch lives with just just our beings, our our joyful countenance that Jesus Christ gives us. Father, as we do ministries, as we talk to our children and friends, Lord, let your light shine through each and every one of us, that that one person might look to us and say, I want some of that, and that is that precious precious light of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Holy Spirit, as we speak, as as we take in what you have, Lord, just get us out of the way, and, and you speak through us and to our hearts that your word might become alive in us for your glory, your purpose, your honor, and your righteousness. We praise you and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we start John uh, 10, it's a a book, again, that reverts us right back. We have to remember that these are letters. They're not 
verses and chapters in the original. They're letters. They're continuous. They go on. And Jesus is, is, has healed the blind man in chapter 9. And the blind man comes back around and wants to seek him out to know who this Jesus was that made him see, that let him see. But he also then has this revelation that he wants to serve. And so he comes to Jesus in the latter part of uh, chapter 9, and Jesus starts out, he says, Jesus heard that they had thrown him out. And when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I might believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world so that the blind will see and those who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. So Jesus is building up to this to to show those who think they've got it all have nothing unless they truly become blind and Jesus can open their eyes to the sinful nature of this world and shine the light through Jesus Christ who is the Lord and Savior through his sacrifice, through his giving all to us. So chapter 10 starts out, and we we start out with uh, the first 21 verses. And it says, I tell you the truth. This is following right up. It says, I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and his sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this pen I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock, one shepherd. 
The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me. But I lay down my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. At these words, the Jews were again divided. Many of them said, he is a demon possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? <coughs> so, as, as, as we look at these verses, Jesus is steadfastly proclaiming his authority in God the Father. He says, I am the shepherd. I am the gate. Here he goes, back to the Father who says, I am. All authority is given to me by the Father. Through these things, Jesus is then escalated from just a man, just a teacher, to God, our Father, the light, the Savior of the world. You know, we, we look at these statements and, and we, we try to understand and, and dig deep into these to say, what are we blind to? What, what do we not see? Um, chapter 10 really kind of exposes some of these things that we tend to get so focused on, whether it be the world around us, the COVID, whatever's going on at that immediate moment in our lives are these things that distract us from that relationship with Christ Jesus, our Savior. Um, we, we also are blind to the fact that there are more than one voice. We, we see that as these things evolve in our lives, we, we start hearing all this stuff. We start going around, but Jesus says, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. He is all these things in our lives. We, we look at John 8, 22. Jesus said to the people who believed him, You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings, and you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. This again, if we continue to hold on, to seek out Jesus Christ in our lives, then he is truly the good shepherd. But so many times, again, we get distracted can be moved. Um, Jesus is that unfathomable, unmovable source of light in our lives that moves on and on and on. He is truly the authority, the true voice of the shepherd. Uh, are we seeking the truth? And are we putting this truth into action in our lives? Are we serving? Are we studying? Are we praying? And are we truly trying to be transformed in our lives to the precious love of Jesus Christ? Or do we have ulterior motives? And so, as we look at this, the voice, we go from sight to voice to voice to sight. All these things are important that we keep our focus on Christ Jesus the Lord. We, we look at the shepherd Look at the thief. Who is the thief? The second voice. He is the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. 
has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So the thief can deceive us. We go to James 1.14. James 1.14, here's more voices. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me, for God cannot be tempted by evil. Nor does he tempt anyone, but each one is tempted when... By his own evil desire, he is dragged away and enticed. Then, after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits to all he created. So we have to listen. We have to be intent on focusing on the word of God to use it, to put it together in our lives to work for the glory of God. These voices, deception, our own voices can deceive our own lives. We can say, this sounds better, or hey, everybody else does this. There's many different voices. Let's focus on the voice of the shepherd. Learn to follow him. Learn to use his power in our lives to glorify God the Father and enhance that relationship with Jesus Christ. We go to Romans uh, 12. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy, pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As we search for God's will, it is in us to devour that, to put it in it, to grow, to initiate the relationship that God wants us to be. Jesus laid down his life for us that we might then give to others that same. Jesus says, die to yourself every day that we focus on him. Others will see this. Others will want this. And we need to be prepared through the word, through the truth, to further that on and move ahead. So the motivations, what are some of the motivations that we see in God's, in, uh, that God gives us to, to, to focus on that we don't get deceived? Um, there's different voices, there's different, the, here, here again, the thief's motivation is truly self-centered. And so many times, as James says, we get deceived by our own deceptions because guess what, we're selfish. And he says, James is such a great book to go to for believers because it keeps us very, very grounded. It proves out these motivations in our lives. What are we motivated to do? Are we motivated to search out Christ or are we made it motivated to be selfish, unthinking of others? You know, Scripture tells us, put all others above ourselves, above ourselves. 
didn't say, well, just this person or that person. He said, everyone. Everyone. That makes us surrender our own self. It takes that selfishness away from us and gives all authority to Jesus Christ to love others through ourselves. Uh, so we can be blind to the motivations. Here again, the, the thief, it's, it's just all selfishness. It's all for the pride or whatever it may come that this is. So we, blind, we are blind to these things. How do we receive sight? We receive sight from the truth of the word. Jesus said, I am the gate. I am the good shepherd. I will provide these things for you. I provide protection. I provide food. I provide the word. I provide all things that my sheep will need. All things. We just have to trust in that. We have to give that to him. We have to surrender that selfishness, that thinking that we can do this on our own and give every last bit of it to Jesus Christ, the Savior. Every bit. We can't hold back that little piece. We can't keep it to ourselves. No, I can handle that. I know in my own life, every time I think I can handle something, then chaos ensues. So I have to turn that over to Jesus. I... I counsel with a young man and, and one of his first comebacks, one of the very first things that he really got out of the word was that, you know what? I am blind every day to something. And Jesus opens my eyes. Jesus opens my eyes. And then I can see. And then the next day, it might be something else. But we have to be willing to surrender that when Jesus says, hey, hey. And you go, oh, now I see. But then our hearts have to change. Our minds have to change. We have to be transformed to the word, to the truth, to follow Christ Jesus, to know him, to serve him to be obedient to him. This then serves as the truth and lets the light shine through us. Because Jesus, these I am statements, he is the authority. He is the authority. Not me. The Holy Spirit can work through us as we give up our lives for him. But if we don't, if we hold on, we're just kind of holding back. And pretty soon our focus on that relationship is kind of turning, it's wavering. Anything that gets between us and that relationship is deception. Here again, the good shepherd serves the sheep. He, he gives us everything. I mean, we go right back to it. There is nothing that Christ does not provide for us. Nothing. Each and everything in our lives, Christ Jesus has put, could be a talent. Could be a gift. Anything that we say, but we've got to give God the 
We cannot say, I did that. Because if we are true believers in Christ Jesus, we have to give him the credit. We have to know that he has provided every last thing in our lives. Give him the credit. Keep him the focal point, And you will die to yourself every single day and let him truly be Lord in your life and mine. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes we, we look around and we say, man, I did such a good job at that. I am so talented. And yet, every last thing that we have in any arsenal that we have is Jesus Christ. He provides it. We need to praise him. John 10, 11 again says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. The hired hand runs away because he's working only for the money and doesn't really care about the sheep. You know, here again, that thief can steal that relationship we have for Jesus Christ, our precious Savior. And Christ leads us to God the Father that we may be those orphans, those adopted children of God, that he can use us to glorify his name in our everyday life. Our everyday life, our everyday walk can be a light for Christ. You know, this, this light shines right here, but this light should be pointing up to Christ Jesus all the time. We need to stay out of the way. We need to quit shining the light on earth. We need to put the blinders on and say, no, it is not me. It is Christ Jesus, the good shepherd. Relationship, relationship. We can't preach relationship enough to ourselves in our hearts to gain access to that wonderful glory that is Christ Jesus. He is the relationship in our lives that makes all the difference. We can have many relationships. Um, we we uh, were in class last week, and 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 uh, I I beg I didn't ask permission. I'll give a little bit of details, but one person um, made a decision as Christ prompted them to to stop having a drink with, with socially with a friend and with with friends around them, and yet they 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 listened. They took heed to this, and they did it. And the question was asked, how many of these friends are with you now? And they said, not one. Not one. But when God calls, it may be that lonely call sometimes. We think we're all out there on our own, but guess what? Our lives are so enriched with having Jesus Christ in that relationship that we can't even ponder, we can't even get to the core of what that really means. Jesus gave all for that relationship. He wants each and every heart to reach out to him. 
He didn't come just to save me or just to save you. Christ says, I come that all might be saved. Everyone. Everyone. So what are we doing in our life? Are we dying every day to Christ? Or are we hanging on to that one thing in our lives? That one thing in our lives that tends to hold us back from that relationship. What might it be? Pride. Pride's a big thing. Because we say, wait a minute. No, if I die every day, if I'm down here, I don't want to be down here. And yet, where did Christ come into this world as the lowliest servant? Here in a few weeks, we'll be on the chapter where Jesus washes feet. That's the true servant. He asks us to do the same. He says, do this. Is it the washing the feet? It's the serving of his holy name. It's to put ourselves down there in the lowliest of manners to serve each other. But pride gets in our way. Pride gets in our way. Get this, well, you know. Uh, I don't know if I want to wash that person's feet, but I heard a little story. That's pride, folks. That's pride. And if we let that stand in our way, we can wash all the feet in the world. But if our heart does not surrender all of that to Christ Jesus and give all of that up, begging that forgiveness, searching for that avenue to him, knowing that he is true and that this relationship is the most important thing that we can work on in our lives. Uh, we, we look at the good shepherd and he says in John 10, 14, he says, I know my sheep, I am the good shepherd, and my sheep know me. Do you truly know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you want Him to be the focal point in your life? Do I want Jesus Christ to be above everything in my life? Or do I want to keep my standing in the community, in the church world, wherever it may be? That one little iota can damage that relationship relationship we have with Jesus Christ. It can damage us to the point that that relationship starts to slide. What did James say? As, 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 as this little inkling gets in us, then we are enticed. And we move farther and farther and farther away from that relationship with one little thing that starts enticing us. I ask you to focus back on Christ Jesus. Get back on that narrow path to Jesus Christ because he is the only way. He is the gate. He is the shepherd. Be with him every single moment of our lives. Give him praise. Give him glory. Give him the understanding that we are truly seeking him. 
How do we know the shepherd's voice? Uh, how do we recognize deception when we hear one? The answer to both questions is the same. You study the truth. Everybody kind of recognizes this as a dollar bill. You know, the FBI, when they try to figure out what counterfeit money looks like, what do they study? They study the real thing. And they study it, and they study it, and they study it so that when they see the counterfeit one, <laughs> they could pick it out. Now, this is very obvious. This is very obvious. Many times the deception is very oblique. We don't catch it right off. But once we do, then we need to point it out as it is in our own hearts. Is that truly what we want? The, the way we... we as believers learn the counterfeit from the real thing is to study the real thing, to look at the real thing, to know the real thing. You don't have to be a scholar to get into God's Word and look at it, study it, read it, understand what God is saying. So many people said, well, the Bible says. This is God's Word. It's just not a book. This is God's road map for our lives each and every day. If we are not in this, sometimes we can't see that counterfeit. We don't understand it. We don't, we don't really get the fact of it, and yet it's there. It's that little bit of enticing, then that draws us away. Many verses in the Bible says, oh, check the word. Check the word of the teacher." of the pastor, of anything that you're in, check the word. Does it follow the word? Does it follow the truth? Is it truth or is it fiction? You know, there isn't anybody who knows the Bible any better than Satan himself. And man, can he use it and twist it. And even when Jesus was tempted, here the devil is telling Jesus our Lord that, hey, hey, this is what God says. And Jesus turns right back with the word again and says, no, this is what God says. Are we there to stand up with God's word? Or we go, oh, that sounds fine. That, that might be okay. Well, might be doesn't cut it. Might be does not cut it. It has to be the truth of God. And sometimes the truth is not what we want to hear. Especially when it's that little truth that points at my little right in there and says, oh, hey, what about this? What about this in my life? Where does that stand? And then I'm kind of like old George. I'm going, oh, wow. I've been sought after. I've been found after. Let's be found to be righteous in Jesus Christ and him alone. Not these other things. <laughs> in the next section, uh, it kind of takes a jump here. Um, actually, a few months, it, it looks like. But this part of John, we go right back, and, and, and it, 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 it tags right on with, with the sheep story and, and, and goes right on. And Jesus is trying to impress on these folks exactly 
exactly what the shepherd means in their lives. So, as you notice, even in chapters prior, Christ has to sometimes tell us and tell us and tell us and keep telling us just exactly what to do because guess what? We don't see and we don't listen so many times. And Jesus' voice comes in many ways. Uh, I, I noticed in my own life, Jesus will start out, the Holy Spirit will start out and says, Hey, Ben. Hey, Ben. And I just kind of keep walking. And then sometimes when I keep walking, I haven't listened, I get that little head scratch that says, Hey, Ben, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. And sometimes there's something goes on in my life that I'll say, hey, you know, God all along has been drawing me in and I've pushed away. And finally, God has been, so many times people think discipline in our lives is very harsh and sometimes it can be. But sometimes God has to go through these steps to get our attention. Sometimes we don't want to listen. Sometimes we don't want to hear. You know, there's a lot of difference between sight and seeing. just walking along the way. Did Christ Jesus, is he right now tempting our hearts? Saying, hey, just come to me. Come to me. What are you doing? Uh, I noticed that um, some deceptions in our lives, uh, one we hear a lot of times is, you know, well, I, I really don't know if I'm saved or not. If you trust in Jesus Christ, he is that salvation. He is that one that gave all for us. We can be tempted and, and deceived by listening to these things. Fear. Fear can get us into so much trouble. We're afraid to step out. We're afraid to say something or do something when it corresponds to what the truth is. But we need to do this honor Christ Jesus. We don't want to be deceived. We don't want to be laid back there just going about our merry way. You know, so, so many times we hear, well, if, if you said the prayer and, and been dunked in the tank, you're good to go. You're good to go. That's just the beginning. That's just the beginning. You know what? We need to be dunked in this tank to be overwhelmed with the word of God that it just washes over us in all aspects of our lives. Are we truly following Christ at home? Are we following Christ in that private time with him? Are we following Christ in the world? Or do we let these things overtake us and so we don't want to be deceived with these things. You know, 
We don't want to be fear. There's, there's a pastor on the radio, and he just keeps saying, you know, everybody doubts all the time. We don't have to doubt if Christ Jesus is our Savior. We can be 100% certain that it's through him. We start doubting when we think we're not good enough. Well, guess what? We're not good enough. But Jesus Christ laid his life down for me. Jesus Christ laid down his life for everyone. And all he asked was one thing. Give me. Surrender to me. That's all. And guess what? He never forces that. He never forces that submission. He just asks that we follow him. Learn my voice, he says. Don't be deceived. The known truth. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you do not believe. The miracles I do in my Father's name speak for me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, no one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. The truth of God is so simple. If we will get ourselves out of the way and let him flow through us, that living water that so often Christ uses as, as his term for his endearing love, is so precious in our lives, and sometimes we kind of wash it away. Accept that living water, bring it in, but then let it flow through us and out to others who believe in Jesus Christ. That that one person, again, one person that God's talking to will look at us and say, wait a minute, what is that? What is that in their lives that's making a difference? Are we that person every single day? Does it come and go? Or are we going to walk out of here today and forget everything we've heard, seen and done, to go out there? Psalm 100 says, Worship, adore me. I am your Father. Give to me your all. Are we to that spot? Christ has and is the rich satisfying life. Living with no fear of death or eternity. No fear. We rest in Jesus Christ, our Savior. He is our rest. He is our satisfaction. He is our salvation. He is our all. Rest in Him. Have peace with Him. Search the truth that he has given us and, and relish in it. Delight in it. Be secure in it. Know all these things through Jesus Christ. We give our souls, our lives, our all to him. This final thought today 
Which voice are you listening to? A big part of the journey is learning the shepherd's voice and obeying it. Only then will your life be rich and satisfying. Is your life rich? Is it satisfying? I would urge you folks to to just listen to the word. Seek out the truth. Seek the knowledge and satisfaction of Jesus Christ our Savior. Reach for him. Acknowledge him. Surrender to him in all ways. Use that glorious power of Jesus Christ to enhance your life in that relationship that he so desires to have with you. You know, I would urge anybody today that if, if you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, if you don't even know what that means, sometimes we run on to people, they don't know what that means. Man, there's people that will talk with you always just stop right where you're at and pray to Christ. Lord, I I want to be a part of this. I don't understand it. But I want to know what that living water is like in my life. I would beg you to to talk to somebody, to, to just stop talking to Christ. He's there. He's listening. He's wanting you to accept Him as Savior. Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this time that we have been able to go into your word and dig just a little bit out. There's so much. Your word is so rich and so full of your mercy and grace and your teaching and, and the paths that you want us to follow. Father, we thank you for the time we've had with you. We, we, we just can't get enough of you, Father. We want to be so filled that it just overflows to those around us. Father, we thank you for this time, this half hour that we've been just kind of reaching out to you to serve, to obey, to glorify your name in all we do. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, as we leave these premises today or we go to class, whatever we may be doing this week, May we dedicate our lives to you. Father, may we seek the truth. May we learn to to see and to listen to your truth and your ways. For you are truly Lord of all things. Might we be a light shining for you this week that the Holy Spirit can work through us to reach that one person for you. Father, we praise you. We thank you in Jesus' precious, loving name. Amen.